Hey, Rach. Hey. Welcome back. So excited to be back, but it's been amazing to be away. It was amazing. Yeah. I have just this lovely Sonoma glow to you right now. So do now. you. You look like a <laughs> Sonoma goddess over there. I feel like a Sonoma goddess. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. Um, what do we, how do we even start talking about the weekend? Well, I think we probably first introduced that in case you didn't know or weren't paying attention for the first six episodes that Katie and I ran this unbelievable retreat in Sonoma at this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous farm called the Lotus Feed. Gorgeous is like, it doesn't even begin to describe the land and the people and the food and the process that we witnessed. This this farm is truly seed to table. They are planting the food, the flowers, the medicine. They are farmer John, who we have so much love for. My heart for. explodes <laughs> for farmer John. I seriously cannot even get over that man. He is taking care of the the plants and the um, everything with just such love and and he harvesting. surfs every morning out in the surf yeah he does he's such a stud such a stud um and then he's harvesting and they're all harvesting and the the owners are in the kitchen every day from you know 7 a.m until 7 Huge shout out yeah to Janae and Anja yeah and Tawny was this amazing Alexis, Alexis Will they were so unbelievable. The dogs, Roscoe, Archie, Artie, Artie, Artie and T-Bird. T-Bird don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. No, he doesn't. So good. Um, so it was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And the food just like is stunning. You'll see pictures. Yes, um, we're going to post a we'll bunch post of pictures. We'll post a bunch of pictures for sure. It's food like you can't really even imagine. So we should preface that with saying it's a vegetarian food. Yes. So we ate pretty plant-based the entire time that we were there. Just a tiny bit of cheese, cheese. every once in a while. Little eggs, I think. A couple of eggs at breakfast. Yep. But yeah. Very like no processed anything. It was all either from their garden or from gardens nearby. Yeah. Unbelievable. The way that we ran the retreat is that Katie did all of the yoga and I did sessions in the afternoon where we talked about nutrition and um, huge shout out before we get into what we want to talk about for the podcast. We went on a wine tasting to Baker Lane Farms, which is another just like amazing shout out. We have to give a shout out. And I Absolutely. have to, I'm still like my brain <laughs> is still sort of exploding over this is that so Baker Lane was this gorgeous, 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 sustainable farm we went to and sat in Steve Sterling's kitchen and dining room, which was amazing. And Steve Sterling was an unbelievable human being. And I would have thought that he was an unbelievable human being before I discovered who he was, who he was. <laughs> yeah. Who, I mean, he's amazing. Let's put it that, like he's amazing in his own right. Absolutely. But I found out or we found out on the way out the door that Steve Sterling was married to Alice fucking Waters. And if you don't know who Alice Waters is, like we'll get put it on in the it. show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. But Alice Waters is this like epic food person where she literally recreated or created the farm to table movement in Berkeley, California. She's like 9,000 cookbooks. She's just like an epic icon in the nutrition world. And when we found that out, I was like, 
that tasting was amazing, but that just literally rocked my world. And so it pretty much rocked everybody's world yeah. too. I remember Tani was freaking out when she finally found out as freaking well. Freaking out. Like I'm literally sitting across from Katie right now with like a huge smile on my face, like bursting because I can't really believe that I was in this person's kitchen. But anyway, so we wanted to talk about food a little bit today. Yeah. Um, so we talked about detoxing and toxins last time. And we wanted to sort of loop this back into the food that we were eating at the Lotus Feed, which, as I mentioned, was pretty plant-based. And um, I had a bunch of people come up to me and they're like, I've never felt this good. I feel amazing. But holy shit, I'm bloated. Yep. Remember that feeling? I remember that feeling. Yeah. And I mean, I eat a, I'm a vegetarian, pescatarian sort of. I eat a little bit of fish mostly when I'm um, out. So this isn't super new for me as you know I've been eating vegetarian lifestyle for about shit maybe six or seven years now at least so yeah six years I think um but with that Mm -hmm. still it's different yeah it's different very different so what we want to talk today a little bit about is your digestive tract some vegetarian eating and maybe a little bit of poop Let's talk about poop. Let's talk about poop. Welcome to the Intuitive Science Podcast. This is a podcast where a scientist and a witch explore the elements of the human condition from two seemingly incompatible perspectives. I'm Rachel, a professor, a scientist, a wellness entrepreneur, a total fitness know-it-all, and a sucker for red wine. I'm Katie, a fitness professional, mindfulness expert, intuitive, travel junkie, and a modern-day witch. Together, we are a force of energy, excited to playfully explore some pretty serious shit. At Intuitive Science, we will discuss the essentials of human well-being and answer questions from a scientific perspective and an intuitive perspective. I'm dying. Okay. So if we're going to talk about this, let's just get real, really real about this. So um, we're pretty good at that. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. So do you know why people were feeling like a little bit um, puffed up when they were eating all these fruits and vegetables? Um, my guess would be fiber intake. Yes. It had good. increased at a very alarming rate alarming for their rate. bodies. <laughs> yeah. It's actually really interesting when we, so one of the biggest things that we tell people all the time in the nutrition biz is like the best thing you can do for your diet is to start putting fruits and vegetables, whole grains in. And we say, be really careful because fiber, which is like really, really intense will get you. So, um, with fiber, basically what happens is, is that you've got um, a couple of things going on. So fiber is going to be soluble or insoluble. So we ate, um, corn. Yep. Yeah. We ate corn. So when you eat corn, what happens? You poop corn. You peep corn. Yeah. (laughs) So that's insoluble fiber, right? So that's what that is. And soluble fiber does something like it makes like a little paste in your stomach. So those two, two things are good because you get this little paste in your stomach. It's protecting your gut lining. The insoluble fiber also feeds all of those bugs in your gut the bacteria the bacteria yeah all of the bacteria and the that's what they eat is fiber so what happens is is when they eat the fiber they release gas which is why 
Everybody felt a little bloated. Everybody felt a little bloated. Yeah. <laughs> you eat fruits and vegetables. Like you said, you eat this most of the time and you were doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, is that your gut will just sort of start to get those good bacteria doing good things and get them really strong and, you know, um, making sure that they're doing really well. And so once that happens, you start to get a little bit less gassy. So well, that's good. I'm assuming it's like a muscle, like everything, right? The more you use it, the more your body is attuned and um, can handle large amounts of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so then what happens is the more fiber you eat, the better bacteria you have and the less bad bacteria that you have, which is really when we start thinking about all of this inflammation, chronic inflammation from our gut, most of it comes from the fact that we have pretty not good bacteria growing in our gut. Okay. And here's a question that just came up for me um, because I want to just make sure that we're clear on this. Inflammation in your gut is bloating or is not bloating? Great question. No, these are two different things. Okay. Perfect. So inflammation in your gut is going to be when you have these inflammatory molecules that are responding to things like bad bacteria, undigested food. We did this really cool um, exercise when we were at the Lotus Feed where we chewed food. Like, I think my husband was like, I don't think I've chewed food my entire <laughs> 43 years that I've been on this planet. And so when you have those undigested bits of food or you have, um, you know, things in your, in your gut from like highly processed foods, like those chemicals that are in those foods can be irritating. If you don't eat fruits and vegetables, that yeah. can be very irritating to your gut. And so that is an inflammatory process where your immune system is actually responding. That's different than your um, bloating, which might be slightly irritating in the short term, but because you're feeding all of those good bacteria, which are actually in the long term going to protect your gut, that actually is a totally fine thing. So that is really just gas that's in your system. It's just air. Yeah, it's just air. Exactly. Methane, actually. So yeah, um, and some other gases. But yeah, can you tell the difference in your body between an inflamed gut situation and bloating? Yeah. So I think that the difference is that one is a chronic condition where okay. you're constantly feeling like things are not right and things are not good, and another is like you ate a gigantic bowl of lentils <laughs> and. Three hours later, yep. you're feeling it, right? You're feeling it. You're feeling it. So I wouldn't recommend a gigantic bowl of lentils if you haven't eaten fruits and vegetables in a long period of time. So that's a good, I think that's just a good differentiation to make so that people are aware of that there being a difference. And I think bloating just makes us feel, unco it's just uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable. You know, it, but it is what it is. And, you know, like we talked about at the retreat, it passes and then you're starving again Yeah, because your body is metabolizing and really working through all those good, good processes. Yeah, exactly. So that's another really good point is that when you eat fiber, it keeps you full for a really long period of time and there's no way for you to digest and absorb it. So it's a really low calorie thing too. You know, we talked about, you know, if you were to ever try this to eat an entire head of cabbage, which is going to be pretty fiberific like I dare you to actually try it it's you would you can't like you can't eat an entire like even put mayonnaise on it make a good coleslaw <laughs> or like make a lovely Asian salad like try it and try to eat the entire head of cabbage you literally cannot get through it because it's so fibrous and so filling and you'll yeah. be stuffed for four or five hours absolutely even though you've only eaten 200 calories worth of food totally okay so we know what fiber does for us how does that help our gut health 
overall? Yeah, that's a great question. Because this is a huge, this is a hot topic so right now. hot topic right now. It's just this idea of gut health and how is your gut communicating to all of the other parts of your body. You know, there's even some really interesting research showing how there are some kind of communications happening between your gut and your brain. Yeah. So on the, on the very sort of like 30,000 foot level, what happens is, is that you feed these good bacteria and they make short chain fatty acids, which we know are signaling molecules that either we're not 100% sure how this works yet, either set off signaling pathways themselves or cross your intestinal barrier and go and signal things um, all by themselves. But here's the crazy thing about this. So you've, you've, you've heard the hype, right, about gut health and like all these things and like these crazy supplements and food <laughs> regimens and everything else that are healing. supposed to help healing your gut. Healing your gut. Yeah. We yep. have like almost no scientific data on this. And we have really very limited data in humans. All of the data for the most part that we have on gut and gut health, gut permeability, all this stuff is done either in cells, in petri dishes, or in animal models. So the hype is real. It's real. This stuff. Yeah. In a, in a way of like, it's hype and there's not a lot to back it up at yeah. this point. So the thing is, is like, we know that yeah. a healthy gut is good and we know that eating certain foods tend to be good for healthy outcomes. So like fermented stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I just made my first shout out to my sister. Yeah, she sent how'd me, it turn out? Yeah, she sent me this um, fermenting pot. And it's funny because I, I always give her shit. And I'm like, you seriously like put a bunch of vegetables into a pot and cover it and leave it there for two weeks and then you eat it. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I love it. It's so good. I'm like, how do you know that's not going to kill you? Like that's bacteria working. How do you know? How do you know? Oh, Intuition. man. Intuition. There's a lot of... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just so everybody knows the clouds opened up and yep. the heavens shone so down right on Rachel at that sunshine moment. Sunshine <laughs> on my fermenting head. Um, no, so it's actually really interesting. She, she's always said to me, it smells good. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw your Instagram story and I, of course, was just, you know, giggling in my, to myself about that one. I loved it. My little science brain freaking out over yeah. putting bacteria everywhere. Um, no, so this is the thing is that, so fermenting is something that has happened all the time. And basically what this means is that there's bacteria breaking down sugars. Interestingly, it's exactly what's going on in your gut with the bacteria that are in there mm -hmm. is they're breaking down these sugars, these fiber molecules. It's called fermenting. And then you release gas and these, um, fatty acids. So the same thing happens when you ferment vegetables. And interestingly, it smelled amazing. I made peppers. They were so good. And ate them and lived to tell the tale. Here you are. Here I am. And um, so the thing with that is that we know that those kind of fermented foods, so things like kimchi, sauerkraut, mm -hmm. um, yogurt, all those things are really good for health outcomes. Exactly what they're doing in your gut. We don't really have re very good data on that. We haven't even classified all of the bacteria that are in your gut. And in order to figure out what exactly they're doing, we need to know what's there. Like we need an attendance role. So here's something that I also want to clarify is that we have, there's a lot of talk about bacteria and enzymes. Mm. And so are they the same thing? Great question. And the answer is no. So bacteria are little living organisms. Um, and you have more bacteria in your body than you do have cells in your body, which is crazy. That is crazy. You are a gigantic host to 
billions of bacteria. I just see them with like little faces and stuff. I know. <laughs> every, every time I eat kale, which is very fibrous, I always think that it's like a little green scrubber scrubbing that bacteria. <laughs> but we also know that's not true based on the last episode. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to Toxins yeah. if you haven't listened to it yet. If you haven't. Um, okay. One side question before you talk about en- enzymes. Yep. Do we know how many or do they have an idea of how many strains of bacteria there are in so your body? So this is really interesting is that the answer is no. We have a decent idea of different families of bacteria, but we don't know how many there are. We don't know how many live in each person's gut. And this is the crazy thing is, is that it really depends on what you eat and where you come from. So if you're exposed to certain things when you're younger, like people that live on farms have a really different gut bacterial profile Mm -hmm. than people that grew up in the city. Not necessarily good or bad, although we tend to see that people that live on farms are out in the dirt a little bit more often. And so their gut bacteria profile is a little bit what we would call healthy. But this is the thing is that we don't even, we don't really know exactly what they're doing. So even to classify them as healthy or not healthy, what we see is that, you know, certain bacterial spectrum are associated with more positive clinical outcomes like you live longer, you don't get sick, yeah. those kind of things. You don't get allergies quite as much. Um, but no, we, it's crazy. Like the hype, the hype that's out about this right now is like kind of insane based on the limited science that we have. Okay, now back to enzymes. Enzymes. So enzymes are a totally different thing. Um, enzymes are going to be proteins that are in your body that do things. So they make reactions happen. So you eat proteins, the amino acids get broken down from the proteins, they get reassembled onto enzymes, and they do things in your body. Want want a good example? Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. (laughs) 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 And we just named the episode. (laughs) Dance your cares away. Have you, did you watch Fraggle Rock when you were? Obviously. Oh my God, I loved it so much. Okay. (laughs) enzymes flag a rock anyways um so a good example is are you lactose intolerant no no so do you know people that are lactose intolerant mm, yeah my dad is probably a little bit or yeah. he just doesn't he doesn't handle dairy well yeah so lactose intolerance people often are like oh i'm allergic to milk but that's really not what's happening lactose intolerance basically means that you don't have an enzyme called lactase in your system right most enzymes end in a a s e And basically what that means is it can't break milk sugar into its component sugars. If you don't have that enzyme, you can't break that down, which leads us back to another reason why you might feel bloated, especially if you are lactose intolerant and you eat dairy, that sugar molecule will actually absorb water and create a gaseous situation in your gut, which you could mistake for um, like fibrous bloat, but it's a different mechanism. I want to hear about your colonic. <laughs> I've been like dying to ask you about this. You sort of did on the last episode. No, but I really want details. Okay. okay. Um, so how deep do you want me to get? Well, maybe oh, you can just tell people what a colonic is first. Okay. A colonic is when uh, someone, a practitioner, takes a tube, a small tube, and sticks it up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> getting really real here people yeah really real um and then water room temperature water starts to flow in the tube so it flows in and out at this point 
you're not really noticing any difference. You can tell something's happening in your body, <laughs> but you're not, you're not like feeling anything essentially. After a certain amount of time, they stop the flow of water. So the water starts to back up into your intestinal tract, at which point then it, they release the water and it flushes out <laughs> all the water very quickly and anything that's and anything that was in there, anything that was in there. So what I will say is that when did you do this? <clears throat> this was when I was in Bali this last April. Okay. And precursor to that, I typically do things because I'm, my body is asking me to do them in a way of like, I'm very in tune with what is happening and my intuition. And I was feeling like I had a lot of energy stuck inside <laughs> that wasn't really my own that needed to be let go. And I just had this feeling that I needed to get a colonic. I Is that where your energy was stuck? Yeah, I, honestly. And I was having a lot of pain in my stomach and in okay. that area that, I mean, like I said, I've been eating a pretty normal vegetarian diet for a long time and, you know, dark chocolate and wine. But yeah, um, so I checked into it in Boston here and it's quite expensive, quite and expensive, yeah. quite expensive. And the insurance does not cover it unless you're going to go get a colonoscopy, in which case <laughs> fully covered, <laughs> fully covered <laughs> was not. So <laughs> Um, I have a friend that lives in Bali that has um, a woman that does the colonics out of her house. <laughs> you know, this is like really stressing me out. I know, right? I know. I can <laughs> like tell. see it in my face right in now. Your I'm face. Like playing with an elastic <laughs> band over here, like stretching it like a stress ball. It literally, that's exactly what's <laughs> happening right now. She's so uncomfortable. Um, and it was something like forty dollars or something. <laughs> you know, maybe um, a million Indonesian rupiah. Yeah, but. $40 American. That is definitely not a conversion for anyone that's going to check me on that. <laughs> I'm aware that I just made that up. Okay. <laughs> to all the haters. <laughs> um, She's intuition. I'm science. You can forgive exactly. her. <laughs> so I went to this woman's house and we, we get to the point where it's flushing everything out. And for me, this was like a spiritual experience. So wait, I let's just, can we back up for details? Okay, for sure. Image? Okay. So flushing everything out. Are you like, laying there okay or okay are you like in the <laughs> okay, bathroom really like how does this yeah. so you're on a medical table or like a massage table yep. of sorts um you turn over yep. it goes up your poop chute yeah <laughs> <laughs> you lay back onto your back and now there's actually a camera that is facing the tube so i can just this see is being recorded it's being projected onto a television screen that's right in front of me so i can actually see everything that's coming out hmm yep no joke. Um, <laughs> people are not going to be able to look at me the same again. <laughs> it's fine. I don't really care. So there's a camera facing the, the tube and the tube is like maybe a half an inch. It's not large. Um, and you're just like laying in on your back with your legs up, knees bent, feet on the floor. Like I said, the water starts to move in and out for maybe 15 minutes just so that your body's accustomed to it. And then she starts to cut the line or stop the water flow so that the water starts to back up into your intestine. And then she releases the water and it just flushes all out. Into the tube? Goes out the tube and then there's then there's a machine a thing. system. The, the, yeah, that I don't okay. really know what happens after that because you can't see it. Right. Um, 
And like I said, it was sort of a spiritual experience for me. Like it felt, I felt like I was shedding a lot of energy that I was stuck in my body that I had been holding on to for a really long time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this start, this happens for maybe 20 to 30 minutes. It takes that long for it to flush completely clean water. Wow. Yes. Okay. It is like uh, unlike anything I've ever seen. Okay. So how do you feel afterwards? Um, I felt amazing. Tell me more. Okay. <clears throat> what she did tell me, here's, here's a good thing that we'll talk about is that I need to chew my food better, mm. which we just talked a little bit about in with your husband, John talking about that. And we did the whole exercise, but, um, and you know this about me, I worked in the restaurant industry for like 10 to 12 years and would be working for 16 hours a day. And if you didn't eat quickly, you didn't eat at all for yeah. those 16 hours. So I got in a really bad habit of eating quickly without chewing my food enough. So, and she could tell that she was like, you need to chew your food better. Like your body isn't digesting the food that's in there all the way because you could see food coming yeah. out that wasn't digested at all. So my body wasn't getting the nutrients necessarily that it could have been getting. Now, did I need the colonic to tell me that? Probably not, but it was information that I have taken and I've really tried to um, bring into my life. Yeah. So afterwards, <clears throat> I walked back into Abood. I was like two miles out. I had gotten a like this dude to take me on his beat up ass scooter for like a dollar. And I'm I like, I hustled him on that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was like maybe one fifty, And I was like, Oh, a hell no, I will not pay you that extra 50 cents. Um, and, but then I was just out there. So I had to walk back in and it was like a hundred degrees or something. And I felt great after, but hot. And once I got back into town, I laid down and, um, is there any like residual effect? No. Like, I mean, yeah. literally she said you can do anything after. You can eat after, you can drink after, you can go do activity after. My experience was different because I, I and I honestly think that it only has to do with what happened after like the walking back into town. I had got a coffee. I went and sat in my uh, um, hotel room for like an hour just to cool off. And then maybe three hour, four hours later, I thought I should probably eat something because I hadn't eaten since the night before because you can't eat right. before it. Um, so I went to get a smoothie bowl and I ate this. Those are all over the place. In oh Bali. man, they're so good yeah. too. So I ate said smoothie bowl and immediately was like, oh fuck. Gotta go. No, not no? even that way. Coming out the top. Really? Yeah. And I knew it and I, uh, you know, you get that like your, your yeah. mouth starts to sweat. Mouth <laughs> so gross. It's disgusting. So I got the check and I was probably a 15 minute walk from my. Oh dear. Yep. Um, I walked out the door and got hit by all of the smells um, and, the heat. and the heat. And I just thought to myself, get somewhere that you can, that nobody can see you because yeah. I'm in the middle of town and right. there's people everywhere. Yeah. And I'm hustling ass to get back <laughs> and <laughs> there just came a point where I couldn't hold it anymore and essentially how it happened is I was walking 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 in my little CFM manner and I stopped and I bent over and I vomited the entire smoothie bowl still purple <laughs> and I stood back up and I kept walking and there were people all around I me did that a couple of times in college <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, much different reason but yeah and there were people all around and it was i'm sure they were just didn't even think it happened because it happened so quickly <laughs> 
And then I was fine after that. So that stresses me out a little bit, though. Like, you're <laughs> telling me that you had this, like, whole spiritual experience, but really you went and just, like, puked your guts out on the side of the road. Yeah. Just yeah. once. But then after that, I was fine. And honestly, like I said, I don't think that it had anything to do with the colonic. I think that I had heat exhaustion oh, and okay. I was my stomach was not having it. So <laughs> I have a couple of thoughts. 15 minute story. <laughs> you sure. might have to edit no, some of that good. out. That was a good one. <laughs> um, so I, ha- I actually have a couple of thoughts and then a couple of questions. Okay. So my first thought is uh, you do a lot of crazy ass shit. I would never let some woman... <laughs> in her house stick anything up my bum <laughs> what if it wasn't clean yeah i How mean do you know? i just trusted her and uh, well and that's i had gotten her as a, like i said for as a recommendation from a friend if this was some woman i didn't know i probably wouldn't have been so quick to do this but yeah. um he's alive living his life living his <laughs> best bali life and he's you know had this done many times she was um, a midwife actually for a very long, I had like a great conversation with her yeah, over this nice. hour thing. She used to be a <laughs> midwife and um, she said, you know, I used to help people deliver their babies. Now I help them deliver their poop. Yeah. That's, so. that's good. <laughs> and then my next question is, <laughs> so there's like actually, so this, I'm, I actually kind of like would love to do this study because I haven't seen this one done either. Although there's been some speculation is that if you, do a colonic like this you know like Mm -hmm. you go to the hospital and get an enema or you do a colonic at home by the way I researched this a little bit before we did this episode and most of the research that comes out when you google not google when you PubMed search colonic is like people perforating their intestines or like burning the shit out of themselves because they put coffee up there coffee enemas yeah so I'm just gonna like are these people doing it to themselves I, I don't this is a question. I don't know. Okay. This is why I'm curious because okay. I would only do this under a severe medical <laughs> like supervision. Supervision with everything being like taken out of a nice fresh cleanly pa- packaged bag. Um I actually am curious to know if so we just talked about good bacteria in your gut, right? Yeah. And the a lot of the good bacteria lives in your large intestine, mm-hmm. which is where fecal matter lives until you do something with it i want to know if you do that are you wiping out all of your good bacteria along with your bad bacteria like when you were like i want to get everything out of there i think that that is interesting i must feel pretty good to just be like emptied out i'm katie shaking yeah. her head right now you can like she's yeah. like her eyes are wide she's like mm-hmm. but i also want to know like so you take an antibacterial medicine or something right like an antibiotic or you wash mm-hmm. your hands with antibacterial soap or something this there's this all this new research that's like this is not good for your gut bacteria like you do not want to wipe out your gut bacteria with an antibiotic take an antibiotic people if you need an antibiotic please do not take this as like i'm telling you not to take an antibiotic but what happens is is that you kill the bad bacteria that is probably killing you please take the antibiotic but you also do wipe out all the good bacteria in your gut Mm -hmm. so i want to know did you have like the next like week or two or whatever? Did you change your diet? Did you, how did you feel? I felt great. Um, part of that is when you're in Bali, you're just eating yeah. amazing food, yeah. super high vibration. Like everything is just so, it's the same as kind of like did the lotus feed. Super high vibration. High vibration. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a lot like the lotus feed. Like everything has been cultivated and prepared with so much love. Yeah. And I'm sorry, that makes a difference yeah. in what you eat. Um, so that was part of it. I was there for probably another two weeks, I think. And it's mostly vegetarian cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly vegetarian, a little bit of fish here and there. Um, 
a lot of like tons of fruits and tons of fresh vegetables. Yeah. Uh, so I felt great and like my pooping was outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. That's good to know. You, so it is one of the things they tell you after you take an antibiotic to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. so that you're regrowing those colonies in your gut and, you know, things like yogurt and sauerkraut and kimchi and things that have been fermented. So I wonder if that helped your gut afterwards yeah. to just sort of like repopulate with all the good things. How long does it take to re? Do you know, or do they have any idea how long it retakes? To yeah, it's actually it takes it's to a, repopulate. It's a big question: is how lo- how quickly you can change your gut bacteria. So it's like if you change your, you know, you you eat significantly less meat, which we know is associated with the sort of not healthier gut bacteria, and if you start eating vegetarian, how quickly does it take to change? And it's it can be as quick as a couple of days. It can take as long as a few months to really recolonize. Because um, cell regeneration happens, what, every 40 days or something? Yeah, so it depends on the cell type. But yeah, yeah it can be a few days to, you know, 30 days or so. Okay. Um, but interestingly, they've been doing some fecal transplant studies where they actually take, <laughs> yeah, see, now your mind what? is blown. Yeah, <laughs> this is the next, this is the whole next I'm, step, CFM. I, okay. Yeah. Wow. This is like next step beyond colonic where they actually take fecal matter from some organism it's mostly has been done in rats and mice although they have been looking at some human studies with um there's like a disease that you can get called c difficile and so that is one of the subject groups that they're studying is that basically you take healthy poop put it in a person that's not healthy and that bacteria can colonize in their gut wow yeah which is also why it stresses me out that you <laughs> went to somebody's house and just let them stick in tube up your bum. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing some interesting bacteria there. I mean, I'm here. Yeah, you're alive. I'm thriving for That's the most good. part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we aren't saying that you should get a colonic. No. You need to do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, if you need a spiritual experience, mm, maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recommend it from a medical standpoint. Unless you're getting a colonoscopy, in which case, again, you have no choice. But they still, like you said, they don't have proof either way, correct? They don't, they're spec- it's speculation. Well, I mean, I think that this is, this is the part where like these sort of therapies, like ancient therapies and modern medicine kind of bash heads a little bit is mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we can, we can see that these are a good reason to, there's a, there's a good end reason why you would want to do this. Like you're getting a colonoscopy. Whether or not it's actually helping your gut, we just don't have data on that. And I guess it could go in either direction, but I can't really imagine, based on what we know about your gut, why flushing it out with water would do much. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> new favorite thing. <laughs> and I, I didn't have this experience where I had what she described as like a lot of really built up, yeah, um, like old fecal matter stuck in my intestine. I didn't have any of that. Most of it, whatever came out, was like f- newer. Yeah. But for someone that does, yeah. So I think this is the thing where I come. I come up on the side of nutrition rather mm-hmm. than like poop scooping <laughs> <laughs> is I always tell this to people all the time. Like if you want to change your gut, you got to eat healthier food. Yeah. Like there's, there's not going to be, you know, you see all this mm-hmm. like 
bullshit marketing like oh you can like take this medicine or you can take this probiotic or you can do this or do that and you're going to get instant gratification if you had gotten your colonic and then went out and ate nothing but like nachos and hamburgers like you're going to be right back in the same situation that you've been in so I think the thing is is that when we look at this from you know like a gut health perspective if you want to protect your gut you got to eat the right foods for the long term so that you have all of these beneficial effects going on. And the way that you do that is you eat things like fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, all these things that have high fiber in them. And you limit things like meat. I mean, you can eat meat. It's fine. Um, but, you know, you don't want to eat it all the time. Although there is this new diet coming out that's the carnivore diet. And it really makes me want to be like <laughs> running down the street screaming. It sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that comes to so many things in life. Like we just want a quick fix. I'll teach yoga and it'll be a certain posture and you'll hear people ask all the time, well, what's the trick? Well, there's no fucking trick. You have to do the work. You have to, you have to show up for yourself. Yeah. That actually brings me back to the retreat again is that first day, that first yoga class that you or yoga practice that we did you literally workshopped the ever living crap out of downward facing dog. We literally were in downward dog either the entire time or workshopping it and no other poses except Shavasana, I mm-hmm. think at one point. Some pranayama. And some pranayama. And you know, it's really funny. I was talking to John, shout out again to my husband. Um, he said to me, I have to tell you this. He said to me yesterday, he came back from a yoga practice and he was like, remember that first day? We were workshopping downward facing dog. He's like, that has completely revolutionized my practice over the last two weeks. Like, Amazing. Yeah. But I think that's, this goes back to this idea of you got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Like it can't just be a quick fix. It can't just be buying into some headline. You know, it's got to be, if you want a healthy body, you want a healthy gut, you want a really good yoga practice you got to put the work in. You got to put the work in. And that doesn't always mean doing more. That doesn't always mean taking 85 supplements that are going to optimize your enzymes and do all these other things for you. And that doesn't always mean doing 87 postures in a practice. It means what are you doing really well and how much intention are you giving to what you're doing? Yeah. Absolutely. I think, and I think that's a take home message from this conversation as well as our time out of the Lotus feed is we took time to really pay attention to what kind of work needs to go into living a healthy life, being your best self physically, mentally. It's not easy. And you, and this is something that I tell people all the time when they want to talk to me about nutrition is I'm like there is no quick fix despite all the headlines that you see out there this is something that you have to pay attention to every day and sometimes drink wine and eat chocolate Mm -hmm. but also like this is you got to put the work in you got to be willing to do it well and you only have to look to nature for that yeah you know looking at the process like we talked about of the food from when it was planted um all the way through to when it um when it came to fruition on our plate in that way and it I was just stumbling because I had this thought of something I read it probably was on Instagram actually I think someone posted it but it was if a plant isn't thriving you don't change the plant you change the environment and you know there's we're so quick to try to fix ourselves when in reality you're not 
the problem typically isn't in the source of the pain or the struggle. It's in what's happening around it. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking physical, I'm talking mental, emotional, spiritual, food, like what you need to look at all of the things around to create, um, to get an idea of where the, where the problem is and how to, to shift it. And I don't even like to use the word problem, but like the source, you got to go to the, the source, go to the yeah. source of where the, um, where you're out of alignment mm-hmm. and then bring yourself back in. And that might take longer than a day. Yeah. You know, it's Likely. like, like, and it's going to be, and the thing that I always like to say is it's going to look a little bit different for everybody. So totally. when, we, you know, when we look at food and we look at nutrition, what I like to say is there's a spectrum of healthy eating and veganism is on the spectrum of healthy eating. And so is this new keto diet, if you can do it right. And, you know, all of these things are going to be the right thing for you, but you got to wiggle around and you got to figure out what the right thing is in order to be healthy physically and mentally long-term. And that's going to take time and effort and you have to put the work in and you know, you're going to have days where you don't feel great and days where you feel better, but that's all information that you take to try to incorporate into a life that helps you to thrive. Yeah. I love that. Do the work. Do the work. This is literally the end of our conversation always. Always. It's not going to be easy, but you've got to do the work. And I love your saying that I'm going to totally steal it from you and and throw it out there for the world is that you said when we were practicing, I think somebody asked you. Oh, you know what it was? I was uh, um, Lee. L-E-A sounds like Lee. Yes. (laughs) Was doing down. um, Shout out to Lululemon for providing the most amazing, amazing mats. mats. Oh my God. They were so unbelievable. So unbelievable. Yeah. But she had the mat flipped on. Right. And, and I think technically you're supposed to be able to use that mat on both sides, but I prefer sort of the, the, the shiny smooth, side, shiny yeah. side. And she had it on the other way and her hands were slipping. And I was like, is there a reason you have it this way? And she said, no. And I said, well, change it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can tell her. The yeah. Story. And so you were just like, and then you just continued on. You're like, guys, everybody sit down for a second. You need to hear this. And you were like, look, if something in your life isn't working, change it. Change it. Like mind blown, right? <laughs> like do the work. And if you're in, if you're down a path and you're like, this isn't working for me, do something else. And that's okay. And you have the power. You're making the choices. You're in the driver's seat. You know, stop being an innocent bystander in your life. Take some control and do what makes you light up inside. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. If it's not working, change it. Boom. Boom. you all so much for listening to the intuitive science podcast you can get all of the information on the studies that we talk about any of the books that we reference on our website www.intuitivesciencepodcast.com please also check us out on itunes and wherever else you get your podcasts and leave us a quick note with some comments or some questions and definitely rank us so that we can get more people listening to intuitive science. You can also check out my website, www.katiemackin.com. I have some big announcements coming up this fall and I would love to share them with you. Sign up for my newsletter and you'll hear more about that in September. 
And I've got one last quick hype is that the Strong Process Forum date has been released, which is November 3rd. So if you are interested in learning how movement, your diet, and rest can affect your brain, we are really going to dig deep on this day. And also, we've partnered with Movember. We really want to get all the boys in the room. They need this as well. So check out strongprocess.com. You can find us at all the handles at Strong Process. And definitely sign up for our newsletter so that you are ready to go when tickets drop on September 1st.